Welcome to the Purple Fish Podcast, Crucial Conversations on Evangelism. This is Mark Wilson, and today I have a very special guest with me, my friend, Dr. Bill Yuri, who serves as the Ambassador for Holiness for the Salvation Army. Uh, prior to joining the Salvation Army, Dr. Yuri served as a pastor in the Evangelical Methodist Church, and he also has taught historical theology at Wesley Biblical Seminary in Mississippi. Bill, thanks so much for coming on my show today. Mark, I am ecstatic to be with you. So good to hear your voice and glad to be with your listeners as well. Yeah, it was really great to meet you just a few months ago. We uh, served together at uh, Avon Park Camp, and I uh, we, we both were evangelists together, and I just w- was so encouraged and inspired by, by your messages. <laughs> I feel the same way, Mark. It was great to meet both you and your wife and to know that we have uh, similar hearts even though we had not known each other ever before, I'm so glad that we're now friends for forever. So uh, it's great to great to hear your voice. Yeah, that's the way I feel too. Now, now you you work as the ambassador for holiness for the Salvation Army, yes. and uh, the the Salvation Army is is like widely considered you know, to be like a a service organization or a benevolent nonprofit. You're with the uh, thrift stores and the the little Christmas buckets and stuff like that. <laughs> Mission for yeah. the needy. No, I mean, right. it, it, no, does that what, like, do you dress up in a little Santa outfit and ring a bell? Or what, what? <laughs> we do, we do what, what, what whatever we can to raise money at Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, most people I meet, even those in the in the Wesleyan Holiness tradition, which I think people should know, or at least maybe we're not good as, as the army is making our ministry clear. Most people are very unclear that we are a denomination. First, we, we, we became a church before anything else. And um, so our service, which has become sort of the cultural recognition point for most people, really, if you look at our own history and theology, even it, the service always comes out of our, our gospel. It's a result of the gospel or the fulfillment of the gospel in our lives. So it's, it's very intriguing. Now, I guess it's because the army has been called upon in our culture and many cultures to to be the first on the on the scene of tragedies that that food and water and shelter those things are the first connection in fact i asked some officers just last week about what's happening on the border and they said we are among the first faces those thousands of migrants see but we offer them some of them haven't eaten for three or four days so we offer them food and shelter first uh, but what, what the culture doesn't hear and our news doesn't share is that the the offer is always, if possible, the offer of Christ. So evangelism is is integral. It's the foundation of our gospel message, and service ought to come second. And and that's kind of where basically what my wife and I call to be ambassadors of holiness for the army. That's really what it's meant to be is as a reminder to us as an army what the Lord has called us to and how to live that out in in everyday life. Yeah, I, I think sometimes uh, people conflate um, acts of goodness or kindness and evangelism. So, like, like I've actually heard people say, "A cup of cold water in Jesus' name is evangelism." And uh, what I'm hearing you say is, it's an implication of an evangelistic heart. Maybe yeah. uh, that that yeah. from a heart for God comes the cup of cold water, but that's not evangelism itself. It, it's an implication, maybe. Is, is that right. I think it's very well said. Yeah, I mean. It's going to be hard in any any particular con, con, uh, situation to dictate what's going to come first or second. I think it's the heart of the evangelist that's most important. My desire as I offer food to a migrant 
would be, I love you as a person made in the image of God, but I want to do whatever I can to point you to Jesus, whatever your basic fundamental heart need is, but I want to meet any need that's possible. And that's where the army, of course, I think excels in offering those kinds of things. But, and that's why Di and I, and our history is not really, I guess, super important here, but we, we really came out of nowhere six years ago to the army. They had me speak several times in different contexts, but basically they invited outsiders. We were Methodists to come in to become Salvationists and to spend our time reminding the pastors called officers in the army who we are, who we are called to be. We're a holiness denomination. We believe in, in entire sanctification and holiness revealed in any way we can in culture but never to diminish that calling to full salvation. And so our evangelism must be couched in a biblical offer of the fullness of Christ and his full salvation to every single person. Okay. And then meeting human needs, as our mission statement says, without discrimination. So it's a marvelous ministry. But as in many denominations, uh, we've found that the army is guilty of mission drift just as many large denominations are. We just don't remember what we are. Culture hammers us. Other evangelical uh, theology hammers us. And we end up thinking, well, I'll, I'll diminish my distinctives and just go for the things that are easier to do, like giving or providing. And the Lord says, no, I called you to offer me in my fullness to whoever you meet and that's 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 our it's amazing really the humble humility of the army to invite the two of us to do this is an astounding thing no what is and, it exactly yeah. that, that you guys do then as yeah, ambassadors yeah. Of, of holiness thank you yeah let me just say the, the army is famous for having titles that are sort of overwhelming <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is one of them it's intriguing and we're honored of course and blessed right. The only other ambassador of holiness in the Army's history in America was Samuel Logan Brangle. We are the second to have that title. So we are humbled beyond belief to be even in the same, I don't know what the word is, camp as, as a person like Brangle was. Oh, Brangle, I love him. I've loved yeah. his writings. He is a yes. hero. Wow, what a, yes. those are big shoes to fill. Uh, oh, my word. Yeah. In fact, one of the finest comments we had coming in six years ago was somebody saying, you don't need to be Sam. And <laughs> I thought that many times. I'm not Sam. <laughs> he was him and we are us. That's right. But we had, the, we ha I think we have the same heart. And his heart was to preach wherever he could uh, the, 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 whole, the whole counsel of God to the people of God. Now, he did it for years. Uh, I think at the expense of his family's health. I mean, he was gone for years at a time, it seemed. Mm -hmm. We have a much more, uh, I think, reasonable schedule, but we travel to churches, core. We do lots of officers' councils, which are basically pastors' retreats. We teach in their schools, the colleges. Uh, we have various yearly 10-day-long meetings, Bible conferences and holiness conferences, where the focus is on holiness. So we have lots of different opportunities and different groups of people to share this message with, but that's our job. That's what we're called to do is to, is to point to the Holy one with all that we can in every context we can. And, uh, and the Lord's helped us. It's been an amazing six years. We've learned a lot and we're still learning, but we've been, we've been asked to do some things we would never have been allowed to do in any other context. So we're so grateful to the grace of Jesus for that, for our life right now. Yeah, no, the, the podcast is, about evangelism and you're an ambassador of holiness and 
Uh, yeah. Holiness and evangelism are often seen as kind of an opposite ends of the spectrum, you know, like there's yeah. the, there are holiness people, but they're not very evangelistic or there are outreachy kind of people, but they, they seem to ignore the, the holy life kind of stuff. Right? Like, <laughs> what do you see as the relationship between yeah. holiness and evangelism? Yeah. Well, Mark, thanks for asking. I, I feel like you're the mentor asking the student what, what he thinks, but let me just offer my my two cents and then you can clarify what I what I'm saying here. I, I think my response, and of course I'm doing this as a former teacher of theology, I, I I believe we're Trinitarian in our doctrine at first. So if we're truly Trinitarian, that means you can never separate the work of Jesus on the cross and his resurrection power from the work of the Spirit. And that means that the purpose Hebrews, book of Hebrews tells us, is that when Jesus died, he died in order to make the people holy, to sanctify them. That was his, that's the triune purpose for all of all humanity. And so we, as Wesleyan holiness people in the army, and of course you are as well in your denomination, we don't separate the persons of the Trinity or their work. He died not just to pardon my sins, but to purify me. And the person of the Trinity that does that work in Jesus' name is the Holy Spirit. So evangelism, offering Christ, is never complete, completed in a person's life until the Holy Spirit gets full access to that heart and life. I can be free of sins and still be full of myself in ways that I don't recognize until I've been justified. And so that's the basic connection I would make, is that every one of us needs to be justified by, from our sins, but we also need to be cleansed at the, at the heart level. That may begin at, at regeneration. Wesley called it initial sanctification. But the Bible also talks to believers who follow Jesus and are powerfully being used of Jesus in their cultures and their churches. And he says, but there's still more that needs to happen. You lack this in your life. And so that's where I see the connection, because most people who share the gospel will find that there's not, not power very often in what they do. They, they feel like I once had it when I was a on-fire young Christian, but now, 30 years later, I feel like the fire has dwindled or something along that line. And I would say that what Jesus wants is not just for us to offer three points and a closing prayer. He wants us to offer his life. Mm. The attraction of the of the gospel is the person of Jesus, not my argumentative ability to convince somebody they need to be saved. That may be part of it, but it's a small part. He is the center. So it's what it's what people bump into when they bump into us. Do they bump into the Holy One, or bump into a person who wants to get them saved? Now, I don't, I don't want to totally separate that, but I feel like we tend in our culture to move more toward the practice of evangelists, how to do this, rather than the being an evangelist who's filled with the Holy Spirit of Jesus. And I think those are inseparable in a sense, but the first must be first. My being produces a doing which is not offensive, uh, or at least should not be offensive in the sense that I'm offering the perfect love of Jesus, his love being poured through my heart towards someone else who does not know him. Oh, I love that. I, yeah. I, 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 often call holiness living in the overflow of holy love. And, wow. and if you're living yeah. in that overflow, then evangelism becomes, so that's good newsism, right? It's the good news of the love of Christ that just flows out to, to them. So our that's love right. for God, his love poured into our hearts, pouring out then to others. It's sort of a natural outflow yeah. of that. 
Yes. Amen. Well, do you, now, you know, I don't want to be so arrogant as to think that every believer understands fully what God has for them. It took, it took me years and hundreds of messages, hundreds of hours of discipleship before I truly understood what the sanctification stuff was all about. But when, when I did sense and knew that the spirit came to fill my life in a brand new way, a, a, an all consuming way, I, I sensed that the outflow of the desire of my entire life was to offer Christ to everyone I could in, in a, in a, you know, in a, in a way that was reasonable, not crazy, I guess, maybe, maybe I'm too reserved, but, but I feel, I feel like there's something in that missing in most of our books on evangelism. We just don't have a call to, well, I'm, I'm looking at the disciples. They were called to go into all the world, but they had no power, no purity. They were jealous of each other. They were afraid behind closed doors until Pentecost. Mm. And once that occurred in their lives, then there, there were no holds barred. They were, they were gone. They were out. They were, they were ye- offering Christ wherever they could without fear. So that's the paradigm for me. Yeah, not that that the, we empowerment. Have, the empowerment. Exactly. The empowerment, the purity, the, 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 the gifts that the Holy Spirit gave to them to offer Christ in every context. I mean, it, it's an astounding thing. Mm. I'm so, reading the book of Acts now, you know, for the umpteenth time. And I just thought, these guys were not much different than us. They weren't super spiritual. But they got on boats and headed toward Asia and ended up in Europe. And they offered Jesus. And it changed the world. <laughs> But it all comes out of out of a Pentecostal reality. And I don't want to, that's a weird word for some people, but the spirit coming to take control, yeah. full lordship in people's lives. So that's what we're about. And I think it's biblical in, in every sense of the word. Now, if somebody is a listener yeah. here with wants to dive deeper here, because what you're saying is so compelling and, and so true. Yeah. And they want to they want to dive deeper. What what would you suggest? For, for them, if they feel like they they lack power in their spiritual life, what what would be maybe some first steps that they could take to wow. seek the fullness of the Spirit in their life? Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you'd ask that. I've, I've been asking the same question in recent days because of my preparation for our yearly 10-day focus on holiness in uh, coming up here in July. And I I think the first thing is to read the scripture with this one question in mind. Lord, what is your salvation? How do you define salvation? I don't want to define it. You define this. What do you want to do in my heart? And I I can pretty much look at any page of scripture and say, Lord, there's more. There's more for me. You have more for me. So the first thing I would say is just to believe in the fullness of his love for us. He is able to do what he alone calls us to be and to do. Secondly, I would say that would mean for a believer that we have to be very honest about sin, what that means in our life. And that's hard because repenting of sin is hard enough. But to come to the place of saying, hey, I think I might be self-centered or self-exalting or self-protecting. Those are very hard prayers to pray. Uh, But I think we have to come to that place of just honest openness and then say, just like we did when we were saved from our sins, Lord, I I repent and I receive your your fullness. (laughs) I I believe that all of you in all of me is what you're after. Now take all of this broken little life and take all of this into all of you. And with that transaction, I believe he will give the assurance on his own time when he, he wants to in his own way, that that heart is completely his, that he has filled that heart with perfect 
his perfect love. And it's all about him. He's the Holy One. We are not. He does this. We don't. But we are the receivers. We're the channels. We're the recipients. And when that occurs, then I think what flows is all that evangelism and service and, and all the other biblical concepts mean. What flows out is his good news in a person's life. For, for me, Mark, as I was thinking about getting ready for our time together, I thought, you know, the genuine message of redemption shows its truth in the sanctity and the sacrifice and the certainty of the one who proclaims that, that message. And I think that's always true. People are, are hurt in the world. They're, they've been used and abused. They know when they're getting abused by a Christian. They know when they're just simply a number or a notch in a, in a, in a belt loop. They want to be truly loved, and they deserve to be loved yes. as Jesus loves them. And that's what holiness does. It produces, he produces his love in and through us for those who've never known him, never known, never bumped into a person they can trust yeah. and, and listen to because they're not going to be used or treated with, with, with disdain. They, 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 they sense the acceptance of Jesus in our lives. And that's why we're his hands and his feet. Um, uh, the, the, the feet on the mountain that are, that are speaking good news, as, as Isaiah says. So that's where I would go. I hope that's a little bit helpful. Oh, that's, that's the genuine article. That's the real deal. You know, uh, uh, I didn't uh, ask you this beforehand, but, you know, I, I just wonder if you would be open to saying a prayer as, as we wrap it up here today, just praying for the listener that God's sure. spirit would just overflow into their hearts and give them just what you, you've been talking about. This is so important. Yes. Thanks, Mark. I'll, I'll do that. I'd love to do that. Lord Jesus, thank you for meeting us in this uh, intriguing place of conversation. We can't see each other's faces, but we hear your voice and your voice is speaking to all of our hearts, to me and to Mark and to anyone else who's listening. We don't want to be talking about stuff that's empty. We want to be talking about what's real and true and what you have what you came from heaven to offer to each person, which is yourself. And so, Jesus, we thank you now that for anyone listening who is struggling, who has known you maybe for a long time but have found themselves faltering or caught in some sort of nagging sin, or they're broken beyond their understanding, something's happened to them, they don't understand fully how to get out of that funk, I pray that in all these contexts, you would show yourself worthy and able to meet their needs. You are the one who comes to offer us salvation, a full salvation, which comes out of your heart through your spirit every single second. So would you pour your grace over each one of us, your sanctifying grace, and do in each of us a work that's worthy of your holy nature. You define this work, not us. You define what you want to do, not us. And we're, we'll, we'll be grateful, Jesus, for you to do that. But Lord, show us the evidence, the fruit of that work, by how we look at people even today, waitresses and gas station attendants and, and those in cars next to us. Let your love flow out of our hearts toward those people who may have yet to need to meet you. May they meet you through what you've done in us, we pray. Make us evangelists who are worthy of the name of Jesus. In your precious name, we pray. Amen. 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 Bill, thank you so much for sharing today. It has been a, just a joy to have you on the program. Thanks, Mark. Love being with you every minute. Bless you.